I needed to like break down to my core being. I mean, I'm talking beyond just like work. I'm talking about like relationship. I'm talking about friendship. I'm talking about everything, like how I want to spend my time to like food I want to eat to like everything and really just reinvent all of it. Welcome, everyone, to the World's OKS Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast for the entrepreneur that doesn't have an MBA, who's just kind of figuring it out as they go. I'm really excited today because today I have a dear friend of mine here sitting with us, Sarah Edwards. Sarah and I, actually, I don't even, where did we meet? Oh, my goodness. I would assume it was at an event yeah. where you maybe had a pop-up or something, possibly. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think we just kind of kept meeting. The universe just kept on, like, colliding us together. And then at yeah. some point, we were like, well, you seem kind of cool. And I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I think we should try to do, like, a friendship thing yes. here or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, you're just kind of, like everywhere, but specifically right now, because something kind of amazing seems to have happened. You joined, is it like a partnership or a media bridge, or is it kind of like a funding? Like, tell us more about like what has happened exactly in this moment in time for you. Yeah, it's really wild that we're recording this right now today, because I've been on my own as a solopreneur, entrepreneur for Gosh, I started Fashion Week Minnesota in 2015 with John Apeliquin's co-founder. And then I started my agency, Some Great People, in six years ago. And then I have my personal brand. So I've had three entities, essentially, that I've been doing on my own. And I'm a creative at heart. And the business side, operations, finance, HR, is where I've been spending a majority of my time. And so I recently just joined forces with Tracy Call, who is the CEO and founder of Media Bridge Advertising, which is the fastest growing woman-owned agency in Minnesota, second largest agency. And I am a subsidiary house. So my new company, I took all of my entities, put them under one house, if you will, called House of Sonder. And I'll talk to you about what that means. And basically I'm getting, it's like an acquisition where everything is going to be supported by MediaBridge. So I'm going to have a COO, a CFO, project managers, art directors, create like a team. It, um, so it's almost right. like, yeah, it's almost like a creative holding house then. Right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, Media Bridge, they do a lot of, you know, traditional media, buying, planning, strategy. They do a lot of digital, social, just paid. And so they're outsourcing like all the stuff that we do, like influencer, events, organic social content. So it's like a perfect partnership. And as you know, the most important is like the culture and the values and the people, because I've been looking for a partner for a while. And this is like a dream come true. Like Tracy is one of the kindest, most generous humans, wicked smart, good at business, has built an incredible company. I think they have around 50 people now, just built out their off new office because they outgrew their last space. They're hiring for a bunch of positions, as am I. So yeah. Wild. So when did this all happen? Because things like this don't happen overnight. No, it's been in the works for months and months. And I actually, I mean, last year we can go down that whole road, but I had one of the worst years of my life. And I mean, I was ready to just quit. Like imagine you built Larissa Loda and this whole thing and you just ran out of steam and oh, you just... I've been there. I think everybody's been there yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you're like, but I've 
did all this work in my blood, sweat, tears. I've sacrificed so much, so much money, so much time, so much energy. But when you need a break and you feel like you can't take one is probably the scariest time for me as an entrepreneur. I'm like, I need like an actual break and I can't. I literally can't. So it was really hard. How did you get through that? Oh my God. It was, I, I did find a couple of mentors, thank God, because you know, I'm going to keep it real on here, but there are days that I was like really struggling to get out of bed and I would just wake up with panic attacks and anxiety. And you know, when you feel like everything's a priority, but everything can't be a priority. It was like that every day for months and months and months. And, you know, layer on top of it, I have like the public figure side of it. So it's like showing up, being sparkly and being like, I don't want to be here, (laughs) but feeling like, again, like I, have to. And then going home and working in with accountants and lawyers and QuickBooks and all of the stuff I hate that just sucks my soul and drains me. And then feeling almost like resentful about all of it. Like I was just like really like angry and resentful last year. I just like, I'm like, hate that I'm in this position. I don't even enjoy this work anymore because I don't feel like I'm doing work that I enjoy. I think I'm doing, when I was talking to my therapist, I was like, I just want to spend time doing things I'm good at. And I don't do that anymore. (laughs) I feel like so many entrepreneurs, like Andrew and I have actually talked about this a lot because Andrew actually just like took on all aspects of his business. And it's interesting because you start this business because you do have a passion and this like zone of genius. And what ends up happening is you actually end up not doing that anymore. Is there like, was there a moment where you kind of shifted from like, you know, like you said, you're like, you're having panic attacks, you're not getting out of bed. Was there a day where you're like, I'm going to keep going? Or was it just kind of over time that it just kind of like... It was like the best way I can describe it is I had a few people come into my life. I call them mentors, friends, whatever. And they had so much belief in me. But at the end of the day, I'm like, still like, that's great for you all to believe in me, but I still have to get up and do it. Like... Right. And that was really hard because they're like, you know, I was ready to go just like literally just quit all of it and like run away and live in the woods yeah literally yeah i know this feeling yeah and it's i don't even know how to describe it unless you've been there and i know i mean quotes are famous for a reason but and it's cheesy but i'm so grateful to have went through that year because i didn't know a how strong i was how resilient i was and i learned so much about the fact that you can redesign you can redesign your life you can reinvent yourself and i didn't really know that like i kind of thought i had to keep doing things though i had been doing i thought all of these people had all of these expectations i'm like effing miserable and so but i just i learned and unlearned so much about just myself my values what i want out of life in the last year and i also feel like I really want, if I genuinely want to help people that are really low and struggling because I needed it so badly and I didn't know where to turn. And I felt like everywhere I turned, people are just asking more of me. And I'm like, no, I need you to pour into me right now. Like, yeah. I don't have anything to give. Do you feel like you look at people differently now that like that quote unquote made it or something like that? Because from what you like, I can understand the pressure that you feel like you have right now. Um Because people are like, oh, you've made it. And you're like, what? Like, you know, but I feel like 
it's different. Do you feel like you look at people differently now from like your own lived experiences? Absolutely. And I think that you never, I, I, part of the reason why I named my company what I did is you truly never know what people are dealing with or going through. I know social media just amplifies the fact that we don't really know what people are dealing with. But um, I think that you have to prioritize joy in your life, like especially as an entrepreneur. I didn't for so long. Like, I was just, like, building, going, building, going. Like, I didn't even know what I enjoyed in life. Like, that sounds really sad, right? Like, I was like, I don't even know what a hobby is or um, anything. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I think we've been personally, like, running along some parallels for a while here. Um, I hired on a coach, and it was a year ago. He was like, what's a perfect day look like to you? And I literally, like, I couldn't answer it. I just was like, and that, like, actually threw me for a seismic shift of I was like, I can't even figure out what a great day looks like to me. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, I can't even like, I, it's, and I feel like I've been working at it of like designing it a bit more because I just, I deprioritized it for so long and I felt so lost. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think very much so like, it's so fucking hard to be an entrepreneur. Like, it just Why is. does anyone do it? Because <laughs> we're not hireable. At the end right. Of the day. I mean, I think we all seek it out for for freedom. Like, we we think it's going to be this freeing thing. Um, and, and really, it is. And at the beginning, it is. And mm -hmm. then we start building, and we build, and then we look back at what we've done, and we're like, okay, we did that. Like, we don't want to ruin that. And then we move to the next thing. And we end up uh, essentially, like, as Larissa and I have talked about in the past, is uh, we almost kind of, like, build our own prisons for ourselves with the creativity that we've created for ourselves. We're like, oh, now that's, like, got me locked into this little box. But we yep. forget that, like, we're creating, but we can also just create the door to get out of the prison as well. And we don't spend enough time doing that. Mm, I like that analogy and that visual. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's the thing that's like, that's the freeing thing that it sounds like you did is like, you're like, oh, wait, I have control of this. I am the creator in this and yeah. I have created this place. And like, how do I get now that I've gotten, gotten bad? Like, or how do I get better yeah. from here? You know, how do I, I've, I've hurt myself. Yes. And like, it's going to take time to get out of that. Well, and I think that you can't solve a problem with the same solution that you think is going to work. And I think that looking back at how I got to where I am literally today over the past year, I was doing things that I would never have done to solve a problem. Like I started, so when I was like really, really like at my lowest, I was like, I need something that's not work in this, whatever it is to get me out of this, my head. And I've always loved art and I've loved painting, but I've always grown up being a like fear of being an artist because I associate that as like a starving artist and whatever. But I was like, well, can't get much worse than this. Might as well start painting. And so I just started painting and painting and painting and painting and painting. And I was like, and it just, I started thinking differently because I had this time instead of being on a phone, like I was just in my, I was in my head, but in a different way, you know? And I was just like having fun. And pretty soon before I knew it, my loft was filled with like tons and tons of art. And I'm like, when did this happen? But during that time, I'd be listening to music or podcasts or, you know, maybe talking on the phone, but I was in a different mindset and I was looking around and then I couldn't help myself. I'm like, well, maybe I'll do an art show, but that wasn't part of my business plan or didn't solve my P&L or, you know, but I'm like, I just needed to do it. Yeah. Right. And then I was like, but I want to do a different kind of art show. What kind of art show would I? And I was, I didn't realize it at the time, but I started using different creative muscles that I hadn't used, which is why I started this. Was like, I want to envision this invent, this thing, this experience, this connection 
that I'm craving right now, you know, but I wasn't solving a client problem or a marketing social campaign. It was just something I was craving. I'm like, well, if I'm craving this, I bet other people are craving this too. And so I used experiences and skill sets that I had building up my other companies for just my personal thing I was craving. And so I was like, I'm going to do this art show. And then I was like, oh, who cares if I just have my art and who who cares if they want to come see it? So I'm like, this needs to be different. So I was like, I like uplifting other creatives and artists. So I started just having conversations with artists I admired and be like, I'm thinking about doing this show. I want to do it in the dead of winter when everyone's depressed mm-hmm. as fuck living in Minnesota <laughs> and wondering why we live here. Yeah. Oh, and I have no money to do this show and I don't have any really any time. <laughs> so whatever. But I ended up starting where my roots were when I started my I Minneapolis event years ago and I had no money and no time. I started it with getting other people involved and excited about it. And that's how I built this event, Sonder. And I basically took over the entire Chambers Hotel for one night. And the word Sonder, I should have it memorized by now, but it's a made-up word from this book. And I remember seeing it on the internet and being like, it just gave me the chills. And the idea is, Sonder, the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own routines, worries, inherited craziness, friends, and it's all around you happening like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to other lives you'll never know existed in which you might appear only once as a stranger sipping coffee in the background is a lighted window at dusk. And like when I read that, I was like, that's how I feel every day I leave my house. Like all of these people have so much depth and it's overwhelming. And in marketing, we like to put people in little categories. Oh, and they're a millennial that are home buyers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what's the demographic? But like, they're so complex, you know, and that's how I think of everything. So I was just craving Sonder. And I think we're living in a world that's so divided. I'm just like, I don't put someone as like a Republican or a Democrat. And I'm so sick of how quickly we judge everyone on everything. So I was just myself craving that. And so I'd be like, at the grocery store, and people might be like, oh, you got your your life together. I'm like, I'm hanging on by a thread. You know what yeah. I mean? But we don't realize it. So the event Sonder was all about bringing that awareness to the forefront. Like you enter in this building and you and you just take a moment to breathe and be like, wow, look at all these people. My favorite part of this event was there was everyone from like billionaires and CEOs to people with $4 in their account and blue mohawks and everything in between, you know? And it's like, we could all come together for the love of art and community and connection. And that inspired me in a way that I'm like, whatever this was is what I want to do with my life. Like, I don't know even know what this is, but I got 800 people to come downtown Minneapolis, which people want to come downtown Minneapolis (laughs) and pay $50 in the middle of winter. So there's something there, you know? And that sparked something where I'm like, okay, Sonder, like, Oh, this is, sorry, one more thing. This is the craziest part. This is your podcast, so yeah. (laughs) You just go. I Okay, I should have done more research on this word Sonder. Because I like I said, I just saw it on the internet one day. I was going to ask that. You were just like scrolling the internet and like, Andrew and I are like, the universe is weird sometimes. So it just presents itself with stuff that you need sometimes when you're at your lowest low. It's wild. Yeah. So So you saw Sonder. So I saw this word Sonder. And again, I never really looked into its origins. I just knew it's like a made up word. It was like on some blog or website. So I'm at this event and it's insane. There's just people everywhere. You have opera singers and ballerinas and technologists and fashion designers and everyone in between spoken word and it was really cool so I'm in one room and it's the entire hotel and I get a text and this guy goes hey Sarah my friend Hal love Mel do you know him 
Mm-mm. He's just a quirky, interesting entrepreneur who's like, it's I will like get to if, know this human. I always say like, if Burning Man was a person, that's, <laughs> and I'm not even been to Burning Man. That's just what I think of <laughs> yeah. when, when uh-huh. I yeah. see Hal and what the work, the type of work he does. But yeah. so I had hired his company to do kind of this interactive video booth thing. But so he was at the front of the building and he's like, hey, he's like the guy who invented the word Sonder is here and would like to speak to you. What? What? So the whole time I had pictured this word, I don't know why I was picturing like an 85-year-old philosopher in totally. like Europe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not a 42-year-old copywriter who works in advertising in Minneapolis. What? What? Yeah. So it's from so the word Sonder is from this book, The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. And it's beautiful because essentially what this guy, his name's John, does is he makes up words for things that like should have a word. Mm. And he has this whole thing. And it's like, why isn't there a word for this feeling? And it's beautiful sentiments. And it's like you relate to it so intensely. The book is amazing. I highly recommend it. But Sonder is one that's really gotten popular for obvious reasons. So I'm like, of course, my business mind's like, great, I'm going to get in a lawsuit with the guy that invented <laughs> yeah. the word. Like, he's going to be sure. pissed yeah. off, you know? That does, yes. I can I was see like, that. I didn't trademark, yeah. like, whatever. Yes. So I was, like, nervous that I was going to go up to the front you're of this like, event. So you're in this event, and then you're like, the guy that invented the word Sonder is here, and you're just, like, instantly, you're like, hands are getting clammy, and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Am I going to get arrested and taken out of my own event Literally, right <laughs> I, like, had the worst. I was just like, gosh darn it. Like, why didn't I not think of this? So I go up. And he's a very tall guy. And, you know, think of the guy that, like, would write something like this. Probably not, like, an extrovert or, like, someone that likes to leave his house and come to a busy event. Yeah. So he's standing there. He's, like, had his book in his arm. And I was, like, oh, my God. And he was, like, yeah, my friends told, like, I read about it in the paper. And I just think it's so cool that you did this. I was, like, oh, my gosh, thank you. So we go up. And I took some friends. And we went to a quiet room. And he, like, read the definition of Sonder from the book and signed it and gave it to me. Oh, Yeah. Wild. That is so wild. I, yeah, it's like a, it's official. Like we are living in a simulation. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I thought the same thing. So anyway, so after that event, I was like, I need whatever feeling that was in my life. It was just I love being around. I don't even like to use the word diverse people, but just interesting people from all different walks of life. Yeah. And I think that I crave learning from other people. And I like being around people that are different than me, even have different perspectives than me. Right. I feel like we learn so much from those people. Totally. It's like if we only hang out with people that think the same as we do. You know what I mean? I've been... So part of the reason, like, this podcast came to be is, like, Andrew and I, when you actually were talking about, like, I'm really tired of, like, you're a Republican or you're a Democrat or, like, I mean, this is, like, where, like, this friendship started out of was, like, we were just really, like, just seeing it so differently. Like, why can't we just kind of come together? Like, at the end of the day, we're all humans having this, like, and we were even talking about, so, like, when you were saying that thing with Sonder and everything, like, I just finished the Rain Wilson was on Diary of CEO, and he said something, and I said it to Andrew, and he was like, oh, my God. And I was just like, so I'm going to say it to you now because it deeply resonated with me, is that we're all spiritual beings just having a human experience right now. And I was like, and that is like, so that was like, that's a spiritual moment. And you're just having this like human experience to kind of carry you through all these experiences and everything. Exactly. But yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. I was just like, I felt the will to share it because at that moment I was like, those are those spiritual moments. that, And that's where it's like, as an entrepreneur, this is how I'm going to tie this all together to the audience right now. <laughs> just so you know. 
as an entrepreneur, like that's the antithesis of it is you start something because you have this spiritual like feeling like this need to like, I want to create, I want to build, but something, the world comes in and it just like starts putting in its like systems and SOPs and all of these things. And it just starts killing the joy totally. because in, in the world is like telling you like you have to grow and you have to do these things and yep. it has to be done this way yes. and all of a sudden and then you're left with a shell of what's you once started yep and i think it is it's like you have to you come to like a point where you're like i'm either going to refine the joy yep and dig myself back out of this or some people do they just choose to play a different game which is totally fine but i think for a lot of us it's like once you build you want to build again. Like you want to keep building totally. and everything like that. So after that night, yeah, what happens after that? Because it was, remind me, because it was 2022. The event was February, early February, 2022. Yeah. And so you kind of end this event. Like you like you will this amazing event, but it's not going on for like, it's not like it's this exhibition that's no. going on for months. Like, yeah. So, you know, the night ends. Yeah. What and, happens? And I should share too that I launched myself at this event as an artist and a fashion designer, yes. which again, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I've always wanted to do it. And I'm very much of the, we've talked about this, how I approach starting something and building something is I put it out there and I'm like, that's pretty good. It's not great. Uh, how do you, Sarah, you have these jackets that you made. How do I buy them? I'm like, I don't know yet. I'll let you know when I figure that out. Yeah. But right now, this is what my jackets look like. Awesome. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. I always just say, like, uh, done is better than perfect. And Absolutely. I'm like, the doing is the figuring it out. Like, yes. I just was like, minimal viable product. I just, oh, good to know that I have product market fit. People want this thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think there's so much... Um, misperception on like you have to have everything figured out and that's actually a disservice because what if you spend all this time building something oh shoot no one wants it or likes it or cares about it it's like you kind of have to just try things and see what sticks but i mean that's the worst case scenario but what's the best case scenario you know exactly exactly i operate from like a worse like i always when i speak sometimes i speak to um schools and young folks that want to be entrepreneurs and I use a very, very um, non-inspiring story of like when I started my business, I was like, hey, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur because I'm like have fear of money issues and failure and all of this stuff. Um, and I was never like, you know how some people are like, I want to start a business. Never. That no thank you. No thank you. But I always said when I was starting my business and I was terrified, I just said, what's my worst case scenario? I was like, my worst case scenario was everyone thinks I'm a huge loser, failure. I have to move back with my mom in northern Minnesota and like live on the couch and like get a job serving buffalo wings at like the local bar. That's not that bad. No. no. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that kind of sounds a little nice. Right. So I was like, it's, and then that's my worst case right. scenario. That's the, the, yeah. Right. That's pretty great. Yeah. Right. So then it's like, it makes you kind of, so my always, I'm like, what's, what's your worst? Just absolute worst picture it. Is it that bad? Probably not. <laughs> you know, I don't. Okay. So after the event, I had kind of started to establish myself as an artist, fashion designer, but I was like, just craving this Saunder thing. And, you know, background of some great people is we service brands by doing marketing strategy, events, PR, influencer campaigns, social, like an agency. And then we had, you know, Fashion Week Minnesota, and then I my personal brand, which also is like another revenue stream where I work with brands to promote as a dirty word influencer. Can you see why I hate being called an influencer? I just feel, it feels so vapid or like i think it's in, you can be influential but i think when people think of influencers there's like 
I love this lotion. Don't you love this lotion? It's like, I don't know. I just think, I, I don't know why I, I have an issue with it because people have an issue with it. It's like people can make money in so many myriad of ways. Totally. But for some reason, the reason that somebody chose to co-promote something, which is how shit has happened for forever. Now, all of a sudden, we're hating on people totally. for like being like, I'm just going to, you know, will this and do this myself instead of like going working for somebody. I just am like, I just uh, society. I have some issues with the way that you've chosen to like tear things down. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I'm like having all of these things going on. And then I started talking to some consultants and a couple of people are like, have you ever thought about like just bringing, it seems like you have so much going on. You have fashion, we have this, you have that, whatever, like bringing it all together under like one entity, like simplifying a little bit. It's like, that's interesting. And then I was like kind of picturing like the Sonder was just in my head the entire time. And I've always kind of felt like I needed like a holding company yeah. for these things. And yep. again, I'm a creative and I have, I'm okay at yeah. being an entrepreneur. She's holding up the okay hat right now for those of you that can't see that. <laughs> but I needed, I always needed my integrator, right? We yeah. talked about that. Like I've always needed, and I had an amazing person that worked with me for a long time, Grace, who's I have only good things to say. And, you know, she went on to do other things. She had a baby. It's amazing. But, but I needed like this wing person, right? That could like execute and help me navigate, say yes to this, don't say yes to this. You know, it was really hard. And so during this time of exploration and freaking depression beyond belief like I was so depressed and like I already am depressed and anxious like you know diagnosed pretty intensely with it but like it was like times 10 to the point where I was like insufferable to be in my own skin like I just was like I don't even want to be me and I think part of it was like being on social media and like having these expectations where it's like I talked about it on social media the other day where it's like there's a fashion week event and as a CEO you, you kind of have to show up you know but it was like literally I don't want to go talk to anyone I want to like put the covers over my head but I have to show up and smile and like you know those days we've yeah. all had them but like I had a lot of them mm -hmm. when I was like felt like a shell of a person and I'm like nobody knows that I'm like suffering mm -hmm. and that was like went on way too long and I had to show up to client meetings and did all of this stuff and just pretend like I was doing okay. Cause I can't, you know, pour out my life to a client or to, you know, whoever. So I kind of learned to just go through the motions and be a robot, but it was scary. Like I was just so miserable. So fast forward, I was like, okay. And I just, again, there, there's so many times I'm like looking on LinkedIn at jobs and stuff. And I was like, and I'm like, is it ego? Is it like, what is it that's keeping me going? You know, is it like, I feel like I could do something. So I was really struggling with what to do. And then, you know, I had this consultant helping me kind of think through the business structure and really helping me like put together like how it could work. And then I had a person come into my life who I might call like a fairy godmother. I might call an <laughs> angel. And she is about 20. She's so she's 60 years old. She's about 22 years older than me. She is an entrepreneur, a writer, an artist, climate activist. Like she's like who I want to yeah. be. Mm -hmm. And she's also like the kindest soul. And she showed up in my life when I was at my lowest like when I felt like no one wanted to be around me and no one, I couldn't do anything for yeah. anyone. So much of my life I've been doing stuff for other, other people, people and I I couldn't, I literally couldn't. So to have someone show up and be like, how can I help you? I'm like, it was wild. And she was in the back of my head telling me to keep going. And I'm like, 
I can't, like, I can't, like, I literally cannot, you know? Yeah. How did you get past that feeling of not allowing somebody to help you? Oh my gosh. I think just like, I just knew that it was, I had a choice to make. I could either be like, accept help and try to execute my dreams and my goals and my hope, or I could give up and just, you know, not accept help. But I just, I cared too much. I just knew I, and I say this in the most humble way, please know that, but I knew I had something special and I just knew if I could find the right home for it and my ideas that it could happen, but I just couldn't find it. I felt like I was like on a dating app or something. No, that's a bad example. You know what I mean? I was just like, I can't find where this fits or who it fits with. And I knew I needed structure and money. And Mm -hmm. people don't talk about money enough, but you need it. If you want to hire the right talent, if you want to grow, whatever, because that's when I got in the trouble in the first place is my business. Everything was growing and I didn't have the right support structure money. I'm like, it's like building on top of shit, you know, you kind of need a strong foundation, you know? And so I was like band-aiding, you know, solutions and this and that. I'm like, I just need a foundation to spring from. Right. And so this woman, her name's Stephanie Dillon. She really came into my life. Like I told her and I, I will say it publicly on a podcast, like this woman, I owe like my life to like, seriously, not to like be emotional, but Mm -hmm. like I would call her in the middle of the night and she would answer. Like I'd be having a panic attack. Like she's just there. And it was just, and she's, you know, gone through a lot of stuff in her life. So I feel like she felt like she had stuff to give. And I even asked her, I'm like, what do you get out of all this? She's like, my goal is, she's like, I believe that you're a change maker. She's like, I just do. I think you're, if you have a strong foundation, I think you're going to make a positive impact in the world, but we have to get you to a place where you can feel strong. And I believe in you. It's like, right. And she's like, my ask is that you take what I give to you and pass it on to someone that you believe in. So she's comes into my life last year and we just had conversations and I'm still trying to figure out like, what do I want to do? What does this look like? And I almost went through an acquisition last year and it just wasn't right. Wasn't quite right. And what was wild was walking away because mm-hmm. I was desperate mm-hmm. and it felt great. But you have that gut check. You've all had them when you're like, something's just, yeah. I can't, this isn't right. And I was so scared to turn that down, but I just kept, and I had my little angel in the back of my head being like, you can do it. You're strong. And I'm like, am I? Because we need, that's one thing I want to say. You need those people when you're really struggling that believe in you. Mm -hmm. And that sounds cheesy, but it's like, no, you're great. No. And I can only imagine like if you're at rock bottom and somebody says, I'm going to give you money. Like that must've been like, I am a little curious. Was it just like, was it just like it felt so off that you chose not to go with the acquisition or was it just that you just like... I felt like I would be plugging into their vision and I had a vision and I needed it to be seen and I needed to know what we're building and I didn't really have a good grasp of that. It's, it's That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because you said something earlier that really struck me is you had this feeling inside of you when you started to paint. Mm-hmm. Right. You're like, I just need to paint right now. And I know this doesn't help my like PL. And so it doesn't help the money aspect, but it creates this other thing. And I think so oftentimes we get stuck in this idea of like we're looking for that money, right? But really what makes the money, what makes the change in our lives, our the creative people that we are, is that when we focus on the creativity, the money will eventually come as long as we continue to find that vein of creativity. And I feel like that's what happened in that moment for you. It was like, this doesn't feel like the creative direction I want to go being acquired. I know the money's there Mm -hmm. then, 
but it's something isn't right about it. Yeah. I mean, we had this like last week we met with my team and like, we've just been feeling externally. Like people are like, how are you going to make money off of this podcast? And we're like, we're like, I don't know. So we started all of a sudden, we're like, we're going to build digital worksheets, and, right. like, all of this. And like, we had this meeting and then like, we got done with this call and Andrew said something. He was like, I just want to make a fucking podcast. Like, I really enjoy doing this. Yes. And then I was like, I was like, I also just enjoy doing this. And then I was like, I was like, we will figure it out at some point, but you need to fill your soul. Oh my gosh. Sometimes Amen. because, yeah. So we will figure out yeah. and maybe we won't. But I'm okay. The rock bottom, like we will the podcast into the universe. So, but I I think you built. I think you built your brand to this point through your creativity, right? And it's like, and then it. I feel like what ends up happening is you, you end up in those places where it's like, well, the money, the money, the opportunity, the money. But it's like if you just keep focusing on the creativity, it seems like that now over the last year is something you've really kind of honed in on. Yes. It's so, it's such a good point. And I think that it sounds like I'm not going to be like the money part's easy. It's not. But like, I think that there's a lot of investors out there that I've learned. Like, I didn't know, like I'm learning a lot about investors, about acquisition, about all of the stuff that I knew nothing about. And I think that people, if you have like a really good idea and you have kind of a proven track record and, you know, all of those different elements you need to surround yourself with people that are just as good as you at other things. Mm-hmm. You need the best CFO. You need the, you know what I mean? All of those roles. And I've been doing those roles <laughs> right? <laughs> so poorly. And again, you know, I think about all the mistakes I've made. So many mistakes. Hiring, culture, you know, what I thought was most important, what it wasn't, you know. And, and I take accountability for messing up a lot. But I learned so much, you know, if I would have just been handed being like, I think back to when I first started in business, like a big bag of money and like all the resources, I don't really know what I would have done. Like so much is figured out in the struggle, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, I uh, have (laughs) to remind myself and my team, I was like, uh, where I am today is a place I've never been. And where I am tomorrow is also a place I've never been. Like, I literally I am figuring it out as I go. Like, yep. I just don't know. Like, I don't know what it looks like to run, you know, like, whatever we are, like, right now. $3.2 million company. And then yeah. tomorrow, I won't know what it is or whatever, you know? Yep. So, like... That's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's all right. We poured a ton into meta ads, and it seems to be working out for us. So, <laughs> also figuring that out as well. It's also, like, a fickle bitch. So, yes. <laughs> um... But that's this, this is not my podcast. So anywho. So yeah, but I think it is. It's like, it's so hard. You get so hard. And everybody is like, it does feel like the world is on top of you sometimes. Like, why don't you have this figured out? And you're like, because I've never done it before. Like, I just don't fucking know. Yeah. So, yeah. That makes like so much sense. So I'm going to bring us back though to all of a sudden. So you say no to this acquisition. What happens after that? I, you know, it was interesting because then I was presented with an opportunity to pitch investors and that came through a connection and I put together my whole pitch for House of Sonder and what I thought it could be and where I wanted to take it and how much money it would, I would need to build it the way I'd want to build it. And during this process, I was like working with consultant and talking through all of this stuff. And one person was like, asked me all these questions. And I was like, this is something you don't probably want to do to investors. This is who I am. I was like, you know, I don't know if I just, I feel like money will be great, but I really just need structure. Like, yeah, 
you know, yeah, give me a big pile of money. Great. But like, I still need like this machine kind of. And then enter. Dun, 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 dun. So Stephanie Dylan introduces me to Tracy Call, who's my new partner. And Tracy has been, she's, I can't tell you how much I love Tracy. And we kind of went from like skipping dating to getting married. Is how it feels. <laughs> Like, I like you, like, two dates, like, let's go to Las Vegas yeah. and tie it up, you know, whatever. But, like, how her people speak of her as a leader, how she shows up in the world, she's very behind the scenes in a lot of really impactful community work that people would probably never know. She's extremely generous and philanthropic. She leads with her heart on her sleeve. She's very, she's great at business. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I was craving. I'm like, can I be an empath and also be a badass businesswoman because I felt like that was always getting in my way. So I've also really been craving people I can learn from and grow with. You know, we're very, she and I are very different in a lot of ways. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that I'm going to learn a lot. And I've been craving in this chapter of my life, just mentors and and people I can learn from. So we kind of just started talking and she asked what I was trying to do. And she's sharing what she's trying to do. And you know, what MediaBridge does more on the practical side is like a lot of the services that they do, our agency doesn't do and vice versa. So mm. it may, it's like a perfect partnership. Yeah. Like they're like, we're referring out what you do all day, every day. And I'm like, that's great. And I need operations to help, you know, with the bidding and the scoping and the project management and like all of the stuff. Like I can ideate and pitch all day long. I love it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah, the things that you just said, I had like a little like mouth vomit in my mouth. I was like, oh my God, like the project, I'm just like, yeah, not good at, can't do zero, like zero start. Can I do it? Yes. I will force myself to it. But if you want to suck my soul out of me. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like I just finished a meeting before I came here. So energizing. And I'm like, I got to show up with as myself as what I do, be the creative, be the strategy, be the visionary. And I guess, and I had a woman on my team who's like very organized type A project manager, just yeah. on it. And I can leave that meeting and she's got it all figured out and Asana and organized. I'm like, Amazing. Totally. <laughs> you know? And so, and yeah. And so just moved into new office in North Loop. I'm hiring for four positions right now, which is wild to say. Yeah. And then being able to have the resources to hire the talent that I've been craving um, and being able to really, it's going to be a hard transition for me to just really lean into being in the visionary role because I've been in everything from like, do we have enough beer for the party to like, you know what I mean? Like the details of the details of the details. So it's going to take yeah. me a minute to just get out of the get weeds. It. And I'll never, you know how it is. You yeah. never really. And I'm also one of those people. It's like, I'm not too good for any job, but I would like to spend more of my time in that role. Um, yeah. But it's like, I was literally laugh crying on the phone with my mom because mm-hmm. like, I'd call my mom. Like she was worried about me. She's like, my mom, you know, she's like, why are you doing this? Why on earth you're broke? You're exhausted. You're stressed. You're anxious. You have no joy. You have no time for friends, no time for family. I don't understand. And I'm like, I feel like I can do it. Yeah. I just need to find that person or that the ecosystem that I can plug into. And it has to be the right fit. And so it's just like, I just, I, I have to laugh because you, you guys, I really didn't think I would make it out the other side. Mm-hmm. Like I really did not. And I, I'm not naive. I know it's going to be a ton of work, but I woke up. The night after we announced the partnership at the party, I woke up for the first time, I'd say in about seven years, and I'm not exaggerating, with no anxiety. So 
do you feel like yeah, you said that and I instantly was like, it's just weird because we we had scheduled this podcast way before the announcement of this and everything like that. Do you feel like if we were sitting here right now and this was six months ago, do you think we'd be having a completely different podcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't even think like I just literally get physically ill thinking about six months ago, like how much pain I was in and how much I I know, you know, when you have a plan. Even if it goes off, you're like, well, this is my plan. I was like, I have no, I don't know. I'm like spinning. I'm spinning every day. And I feel like a loser. And I feel like I don't, like I wasn't showing up as a friend or as a family member as like, or to myself. Like mm-hmm. I was like, n- I was spread so thin that I was a disservice to literally everyone and everything. And so it's like, you can't, you know, and I felt selfish. That was the weirdest part. Like during that time, I felt really selfish. Say more. Like, I felt like I needed a lot from my friends. I felt like I needed a lot from my family. I felt like I needed a lot from people in my life. Like, I was like, I can't give anything and I need you all to show up and like baby me and tell me I'm great and tell me what you like. I just felt like I was so needy in that moment, but I also was having a hard time asking for that. Right. I was going to ask you that. Was it how it was, it was obviously hard to ask for that thing. So what, what eventually broke? Did you just, did people just say I'm stepping in? Uh, No, I lost a lot of friends and people. Truthfully, like my, a lot of people in my life, I think being in the public eye, being in the position I am, and I I don't mean this to sound whatever, but I'm just going to say it. It's like, it's probably how celebrities maybe feel. I'm again, not calling myself a celebrity, but it's like, you have these people that are like, oh yeah, let's take a photo or let's, I want to whatever. But when you're like, I'm a piece of shit and I am broken, it's like not really that fun to be around you, you know? So I felt like figuring out like, who shows up with you for you in those moments is like pretty telling. And, you know, I had a few friends that really showed up for me in a way that I'll like never forget, including Stephanie, like Mm -hmm. a new friend. Mm -hmm. And now I've realized too, that there's a lot of, and it's been for me, primarily women, but men too in my life that are like really strong and they like love pouring into other people because they're Mm -hmm. like doing well and they're successful. And they're like, I want other people to feel like I have their back. And so I just never really had that you know, mm-hmm. in that, in that real way. Um, but yeah, six months ago, whew, I mean, it was pretty bad, but I, the other thing that came out of it that's beautiful is I am painting and I'm designing clothes and I've wanted to do that since I was a little girl. And I was kind of like, well, fuck it. Might as well try it. Like what else do I have to lose? Um, and it's been going really well. I'm going to New York mid-September for this United Nations Fashion for Development luncheon with like all of these leaders in fashion and sustainability all over the world. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. it's wild to think I'm going to be able to show up and feel confident and feel like I belong to be there after feeling like, I don't even know, the lowest of the low. Like it was pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you would change it though? No. I think that's like the interesting thing is like, good question. Well, I think it is, is like when we're in our absolute like lowest of lows, like my coach said something to me and that's why I wanted to ask that is like, you know, he said something to me once and I've always been like, it could be, it's happening. You can look at it as it's happening to you or it's happening for you. Yep. Had I not went through that and it's not even like one of those, like everything happens for a reason, but you, you'd strip it all and you get to the core. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do when I wake up in the morning? Who do I want to be around? What do I want to build? Because I got stuck 
in like, we need a proposal. We need the, you know what I mean? And I was like, I was just doing it to fill up the the PL or whatever, you know? So I was like the rat race, the rat race. And so it's like, I needed to like break down to my core being. I mean, I'm talking beyond just like work. I'm talking about like relationship. I'm talking about friendship. I'm talking about everything, like how I want to spend my time to like food I want to eat to like everything and really just reinvent all of it because I didn't realize how much I love painting and I don't know if I would have and how much joy it brings me. And the fashion stuff has been so fun. (laughs) I was joking with my accountant yesterday because um, I love clothes and, you know, fashion is not like a write-off for a business. I mean, there's like a little bit of stuff, but like, so I was like, what if I create a fashion brand <laughs> and then I design all my clothes so then all the fabric I buy and whatever that I can also wear, but it's part of it. So yeah. I was like, that's my workaround with that. Right. What'd your accountant say? She's like, that's a great idea. I'm like, great. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> You're like, perfect. But I have figured this out now. Exactly. I love going to the fabric store now. Like I just, like I wake up early and again, I've only been going to the office for like two weeks now, but I love waking up and going to the office. And like, I think I'd been craving to like, you have a nice culture here. I'd been missing that. Yeah. Just like, it was a lot of hard work. I'm going to tell you right now. It, culture. Oh my God. So much hard work. I mean, yeah. like, like what you said, I take ownership for my mistakes and everything like that. I didn't know. I didn't know how to build culture. I was a f- fucking art teacher for, I mean, which was also equally great, but you kind of like get into the school system and everything like that. And then they're like, I'm like, (laughs) I was like, I'm going to just try to build a bit. Oh, I have to build people and teams and all of this. Like, yeah, I've never done it before. And then you realize like all those books that they write about all of that stuff. It's like, oh, that's what they meant by that. (laughs) Oh, that's what that means. And, oh, I see how culture, you know, attracts talent and talent that, and you know, it's all connected and whatever, but then you need money and resources to be able to do all of that. And how do you get that? But, you know, it's just, it's all connected and it can be overwhelming. So I like to think of it as like a series of feedback loops. Yeah. Like everything is a feedback loop and yes. it just like feeds itself. Yes. And I, I think too, like I'm asking for more feedback more than ever. I think that I'm trying to have the idea like feedback's just like my blind spot. You know, no one, of course, it's not fun getting feedback, but it's like if you see it as just like a way to improve and, and as a positive thing. So I'm just asking for more feedback yeah. too. And you shouldn't be afraid of it. I think that is, we always fear that feedback is something that's, it's like a judgment, right. but really it's, it should be helping us. Or it's like a lesson learned. And sometimes those lessons learned are hard, you know, it's totally. like, okay, great. You said that about me, but I guess that's something I should be taking and building with and being like, okay, that's okay that I took that feedback. Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, no, I agree. And I think also it's just, we're so hard on ourselves and I wish I would have given myself a little more grace. And I think that that's something that I learned now that in like my next next chapter, I'm like, I'm just going to give myself more grace. Do you have structures in your next chapter that you're going to like check-ins that you're going to do for yourself to kind of help hopefully maintain some of this, this positivity? Yeah. One of the big things that I was attracted to by Tracy and how she's built her company and how she runs it is she thinks of people more holistically. So she knows that if people are, you know, feeling good outside of work that they'll bring that energy so it's like she really is all about like self-work coaching you know holistic coaching having a path for where you want to be where do you see yourself you know traction for work but also life yeah and so I feel like I'm going to implement a lot of those structures that she's implemented and you know she's also vulnerable and shares 
challenges and mistakes and whatever. And she she does it so effortlessly. And her wife is actually, you'll get a kick out of this, her wife is the director of revenue for EOS. No way. Yeah, so, she's like a, they're like a power couple. Interesting. Oh God, the world just gets so much smaller every single time. Because right? like my EOS implementer, Sue Hawks, is like one of the top ones. And, um, is she? Yeah. Her and... Uh, Oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? Gino. They're like besties, apparently, because she's been a keynote at the EOS thing. Yeah. Just to bring the audience in. So Sarah is operated off of EOS and I operate my company off of EOS as well, which stands for Entrepreneur Operating System, which let me tell you, for creatives like us, is a godsend because it gives you a system at least that somebody else has created because building this shit is so hard. And at least somebody was like, hey, here's a framework, operate through this. And like, yeah, it was funny. One of my my integrator was like, she told me this the other day. She was like, when you said you wanted to do EOS, I was like, this woman is like fucking mad. Like, why would we spend money on this thing? Oh, you know? Yeah. You know, and she was like, she, she like fought it and she's like, she loves it now. And now of she's course. trying to make, yeah, my husband or not my, her husband do it and like whatever and everything. But I think it is, is like, but I think what is. And I get it, though, because it seems crazy. It's like somebody's like, here's this program and go do it. And Sounds whatever. like a cult. Sounds 100%. What it is. Like, it, you know, sometimes cults, I don't know, do cults work sometimes? I mean, cults are <laughs> yeah. just, if you actually read the definition of a cult, it sounds much better than it really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, can the cult be used for good? Yes. And also evil? So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just maybe a system of beliefs. But I think about something you were saying about how you said the world was small earlier, said the world was so small. And you were talking about how like, there's all these weird connections and things like that. And then I think back to this concept of Sonder too, and how everyone's living these complex lives and how it's like, it like branches out. And I think something that kept coming up for me, as I'm listening, you talk about these different connections, these things is like, when you embody that, that idea of Sonder, right? You start to, to realize that it's all these things are crossing and like, we just have to find these like little connecting points with people. And that's how you learn people and like learn from people is like, instead of cutting them out because you're an, you're an X or a Y, uh, it's just like, no, we all, we all can find the common humanity and, and we all can grow and do good things together as long as we exist in this zone. Yes. I was having dinner last night and this woman is almost 80. She's from North Dakota and her grandson is trans and that was new and trying to understand what that means if you're from maybe rural North Dakota and whatever and I think this is the cutest thing but she organized like an allies picnic to like share like this is safe like you're welcome and she's like learning she's writing letters to to different you know leaders and I just like my point is you could classify her as a small town rural whatever And you don't know what is going on. You know what I mean? And I think we like, it makes us, I don't, I don't know what exactly motivates people to lead with that hatred or that like closed mindedness. I don't know if I'll ever quite understand because I'm the opposite. Like I could see someone who like maybe kick a puppy and that's a bad example, but like, I would be like, (laughs) why? Like, but like, why did they do that? They're having a really hard day or something like that. Like, Like who hurt them? Like, I just, I try to find like a a complexity because I would rather fix the root of like what would make someone angry like that. Yeah, actually, it's like the I'm taking this one over. All right, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just thinking of like Dax Shepard when he was talking about like when you see a truck with the truck nuts and everything like that. And it's like that person needs actually the most amount of love. 
Yes. You know, so if somebody's right. kicking a puppy, they actually probably need the most amount of love. Absolutely. Now I guess I started realizing that um, I noticed as as I'm getting older and seeing people that I went to grade school with, like getting older and starting families and also understanding that like what I've realized is that we're all still just kids again. Like yeah. we're just in adult bodies. And it's yep. like a lot of the people that I see that I went to grade school with, I was like, wow, they have some of those same weird tendencies that they had when they were kids and they never really outgrew them. But I was like, but I do too. And I was like, that's so weird. We're all just kids trying to figure this thing out, but we yep. just keep getting older and older. Yeah. And it's like, and like all of our life experiences kind of build on this personality we have. And yes. like, and we're all in a way struggling through this. And like, we may not be where, where everyone else is. Like we may not, not be at the same points in mm -hmm. our timeline, but we're, we can, like yep. we have to meet people where they are. Yes. Meet people where they are. And I think that's where someone asked me the other day, they're like, do you want to be a politician? I was like, hell no. <laughs> but I, w I would like people to be a little more respectful when they don't see eye to eye. Because like, if we try to have everyone think the same, like, it's just never going to happen. You know, right. and I have people in my life that like, oh, the right is the right and the left is the left and everything in between. Yeah. You know what I mean? Up, down, sideways, whatever, you know? And so it's hard when, you know, you're talking with one person, you can kind of understand how they got to that perspective or that thought or you're talking to this person you understand that you know and for me I feel like my role in this universe is to try to bring people together and not get everyone to agree but get everyone to be a little more kind get everyone to be a little more respectful you know and that's kind of what House of Sonder represents to me it's like come on into the House of Sonder you know we're not we're not all going to agree. We're not whatever, but we can maybe have some fun while we're here. Admire yeah. art, connect with people, have conversations, create community and culture, and also like understand that yeah. people are complex. Right. Yeah. Start from a place of understanding first. Yes. And it's it's more fun to, like no one, you, you'd have to fight me on this. No one wants to walk around with a bunch of hate. No, no. one. Even no. if, yeah. you know, that, that's not, it does not feel good, you know? I have made mistakes in the past. I'll never forget. This is probably like five years ago. I'm not proud of this. And I'm going to share it in case it makes someone feel better. But there's this woman I followed on social media. And she just annoyed me. Her life is so perfect. Like She says, everything's perfect. Her house is perfect. Or everything, whatever. And I was just like jealous and insecure. And I wrote her a snarky message. You could call it bullying. And I was like, do you do anything in the community or like volunteer or like, I just said something like not kind. And immediately after I sent it, I was like, why? And I just reflected. I was like, that was shitty. Why did I do that? And I'm like, all right, time to put the phone away. You're clearly insecure about something or she brings mm -hmm. out something in you. And I've been on the other side of those messages. And so I think that, and then again, I immediately was like, I'm really sorry. Was, I don't know. I'm going through some stuff and I took it out on you, but that happens all the time. And I think that we need more awareness, like something I'm passionate about. Like this is more of like a pipe dream of like, I would like to do more speaking to young, specifically young women about social media, confidence, health, like health, mental health, whatever you want to call it. Because I think of these things as like, I'm pointing at a phone for everyone. I think of phones and technology and social as like, it's kind of like driving a car. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. some rules we have to abide by. You know, like you have to pass a test. You have to, you know, do this a certain way. You know, you have to be sober. You know, with phones, it's kind of like, good luck. You know, and yeah. it's, I mean, I know there's some rules, but you know what I mean? Like we, we need to like have oh, yeah. training on it. Maybe they're doing that in schools now, but like. I don't think so. 
they need like I, it's mind-boggling to me that we're not in, including that in the curriculum of teaching kids when they get handed one of these things because those things are I don't want to say they're more dangerous than you know guns but they're they can do a lot of damage. People have said that it is like the equivalent of giving somebody like a loaded gun in the aspect of like your brain is forming at the same time that you're getting exposed to all of these things. And like, who is it? Is it Scott Galloway? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Scott Galloway is like another podcaster and he's just been very much the like of like social media and its impact on society. Yeah. Um, and I know I just, it's here to stay. And I think that's where I'm just like, social media is not going anywhere, no. you know? And so I think that's where, I don't know. Do you feel like it's changing at all? Or maybe I'm just in like, I've unfollowed the shitty accounts. And so mm-hmm. now I'm like, you know, cause that is a choice. Like you can curate your social media feed, but I also like, it's a tricky thing. Like I would, I'm going to ask you this because I'm like, two things can be true at the same time. Whereas like you can curate your feed. Do you, this is my question for you. Have you curated your social media feed so that it, it is bringing you like a certain amount of like joy? Like it's not like, you know, upsetting you, but then do you feel like at sometimes you've created an echo chamber on your social media? Mm, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, I don't think I've, I mean, maybe a little bit of an echo chamber probably, but I think that I, you know, engage with people like that share funny memes. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I try to keep it like a little more lighthearted or like I follow, like if you were to look at my explore page, it's a lot of like weird art, like weird (laughs) ASMR videos of like cutting like a, like a piece of fruit or something weird. And like, it's nothing too heavy. It's a lot of art and fashion and like weird videos that I'm like, how do they do that? Um, But I think, you know, going back to, I think, I don't know how we're going to get here as a society, but I do think it has, it starts from within. You have to love yourself and you have to like know who you are. And that's, what's hard with kids is you're figuring out who you are and what you care about and what, you know, and I'm, you know, 38 year old, I'd say pretty good head on my shoulder woman and I struggle, you know? So imagine being in the most insecure moment of your life and then going online and having, you know, people share photos of what you think is perfect. And I, again, I still struggle. Like I was going, I went through a divorce and I realized that like seeing engagement photos were like really triggering to me. And like, I was just like, that's just going to be part of my experience. And it's like, it's not that I'm not happy for people, but it's just like, it brought back like sad memories. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was complex. Two things can be true at the same time. It is complex because you have to almost like sit with that emotion and try to understand where their emotion is coming from. Mm -hmm. But then also... You can't just like flood yourself with those yeah. pictures because it, you know, yeah. brings back those moments. So it's having that balance. And I think that, you know, I've talked about this quote a zillion times, Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's people that look at my life and it's like, wow, like you're, you're traveling here, this whatever. And, you know, and it's like my friend and I actually had this conversation because I don't have kids and I am choosing not to have kids and it's a choice and I don't talk about it a lot. Um, and she. Think it up. Dual income, no kids. Exactly. Actually, well, I guess, yes. You're your own income. Sink it up. up. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I do aspire to be dual income. But like, and she has a kid. And there was like this weird thing when she like first had her kid where it's like she just wanted me to like be pregnant with her or like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. And then there's moments I think now where I'm like out doing my single like, know what responsibility yeah. I mean have responsibility you know what I mean whatever I life and yeah. oh, she's stuck you. there <laughs> and then there's times where I'm like oh that looks really nice like you guys went and you know to the park you know it's, it's like you can't 
do it all and have it all. So you have to really love your choices. And that's that means that if there's times, and I'm going to say this with entrepreneurship, there's times you need to tie it back to the podcast. There's times as an entrepreneur when you can't wait to wake up in the morning and you got all of this idea and this energy and like you're just going a million miles per hour. It's amazing. And you look at your friends who might have their whatever jobs and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I don't do that. There's definitely times when I'm like, man, I just want a paycheck and someone to tell me what to do. Oh my do. God. Yeah. So it's like, again, comparison yes. is the thief of joy. I think with entrepreneurship, it's knowing like what parts of of who you are are connected to like, for me, I've realized I like building. Like I, I'm like, I want to build this and it, I don't know. And then I'll probably want to build something out. Like yeah. I like the, like the moment I'm in right now, what I'm about to go in, I'm very energized. Cause yeah. I don't know what's, and it's, I think I also compare it to golf because I play golf, but you can never really win. It, like you can never play a perfect, you can't get a hole in one like every time. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. But you could get one. But you can keep practicing and improving and you have different experiences. Maybe you meet different people, you play different courses, whatever, and you can get better and better and better and, you know, whatever. But I think it's like you never play a perfect game. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, do you ever like win? Like are you ever like, I won the game. Like you can't, it's impossible. No, no we've both been reading this book um, called The Gap in the Gain. Okay. And because then it's like when you're in a gap mindset because you'll do the thing you're like if i just do x yeah then i'm gonna be happy guess what you do the x are you happy now no no and now you're like so you just add on to it the yep. next thing and the next thing like and i can't do this and i can't go find joy so it's been interesting because i'm like i read this book andrew was like the scrape human and i was like like he was like i think you should read this book Loden. and i was like okay and then I read it and I've just been like kind of walking around like this very Zen person now. And I'm like, just coming from this like game. I was like, look at us, like, look what we've done here, you know? And I've just been like, look at this shit. And I'm like, you know what? What will be, will be like, it doesn't mean that I don't want to go for it, but totally. I'm choosing to go at it from a different way. Like I feel, I feel great. Like I yeah. feel I'm okay with who I am yep. and what I've done in this world. And I'm going to keep on striving, but I'm not going to make it feel like if I, if I complete X, yeah. Then I get to self-actualization right. or whatever. Yeah. Because that's just not how it works. I love that. Essentially, it's like as entrepreneurs, we're always kind of chasing the horizon. And we yeah. think that we're going to, like, sometimes we get stuck in this idea that we're going to actually catch the horizon. Yep. But we never will. Yes. And I think, like, the horizon's beautiful. It's where the sun comes up. It's where the sun yeah. goes down. And it's like, you have a beautiful sunset there. But, like, that is the journey. Yes. You know, we're always going there. But, like, when you, again, if you look at what you've gained... In the journey. Yes. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that's like, oh, look what I but look what I have created. Yeah. Right? Versus like what I haven't gotten yes. to yet. Yes. I love that. Yeah, it's hard. Like even right now, like in this moment, like, oh my gosh, I get to come here in the middle of the day and have this really fascinating, interesting conversation. There's moments years ago that I would like dreamt for this. You know what I mean? And it's like, Sarah, sit here and enjoy this and be like, yeah. wow, this could be my version of like, I've made it. You know what right. I mean? And it's like being able to have, you know, I don't know if you call it freedom or whatever, but like it's, yeah. This is the freedom. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. I have a question that's been kicking around my head that I want to ask you. First off, if I said parasocial, do you know what I mean? No. So a parasocial, I heard this actually because Anna Kendricks talked about a parasocial relationship on Armchair Expert. And a parasocial relationship is when somebody has a relationship with you pretty much through, like, social media. Like, oh, they God. feel like they know you. Yeah. And I feel like, because I've observed you, like, you know, at these events and everything like that. So I feel like a lot of people have 
parasocial relationships with you. Is that correct? Do you feel absolutely? Is there something that you wish that you would like people to know that like how to like approach you or kind of like a little bit like to make it feel maybe more like a human or is it just like, okay, and it is like, do you feel like it's just like parasocial relationships or just what it is? You know, do you get what I'm kind of asking? I do. I'm trying to think of how to, I'm trying to even think how I feel about it because I go back and forth. There's part of me that likes having a platform because I feel like I have something to say that helps people feel less alone. Or like even the other day I posted about, um, you know, I had this beautiful spread in Minnesota Monthly and, you know, it's very glamorous and whatever. And it's like, that's like the end product Mm -hmm. that people are seeing. So I decided during this last year, I should show you, I took selfies every time I was like struggling and like just like bawling or just like whatever because I was like, I want to document this. Like it's important for me. And so I posted that with like all of the other, like, you know, the end product of the journey and then like the actual like what it takes to get there because no one sees those things. And so many people are like, you have no idea. I'm at like a low point right now. And like seeing someone that like maybe made it through and I'm like, it sucks. I'm sorry. I know exactly where you are. It's awful, you know, but to your point, I think that I do pour myself out a little bit. And part of it, you know, I talked, I was thinking, you know, who I was thinking about the other day, I was like Nora McInerney because she, oh, yeah. you know, she posts and shares and has a whole platform around like grief and death and loss and like people are who are grieving or losing or lost someone like I can't imagine what her inbox looks like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's like people may be feeling sad if she doesn't respond or whatever but I don't know exactly how to answer that because there are people I have intimate conversations with in my dms you know what I mean I feel like I know you know and I like that but then I have to kind of manage the volume of that and so there was a moment during this dark period when I went to yoga and I was having like the worst day and I got my ass up and went to yoga and this young girl, she's so sweet, but I was just like not in the mood. She's like, are you Sarah Edwards? It's like, yeah, I am, I guess. I'm just graduating with a marketing degree. And I was like, I, I, I can't talk like, to you right go. now. You know, I, and I was just, I, you know, she maybe thought I was rude or whatever, but like, I can't talk to you right now. I just want to do yoga. Like, yeah. I just, I don't have energy. And Dak Shepard actually on his podcast had said something that has changed totally. my life. Yeah. He said something like, it only hurts if you believe it to be true. So if someone were to go around and say like, well, that Sarah Edwards is stuck up or she's so pretentious or whatever, I'd be like, that's just not true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No. And there's another one, I think it was like Tom Holland was like, I like, I care about what people think about that spend a lot of time with me. You know, mm-hmm. like if someone has an opinion versus on like how I show up on social media and they don't like it, like, I don't really care. You know, it bothers me. I'm sensitive, of course, but it's like, at the root, like I would care if, you know, my sister like hurt yeah. her I mean, opinion of me. But we're all we're all just human. And I think the public needs to realize that. Like you can't be full sunshine. Like we all have our good days, no. bad days. We have our good periods and bad periods, like of yes. time. And it's like people have to remember that. And like yes. they're not gonna get they're not gonna be get 110% Sarah no. Edwards every day. No, absolutely not. Like they might be getting 20% you. Yeah. And that they need to understand that that's not you all the time. Right. And it's just like, it's just a weird, like, it's so weird because I never woke up and it's like, you know, kind of probably you too. It's like, I don't want to be, an, I never woke up and was like, I want to be an influencer. I want to have a platform. It was just, it happened because I wanted to build community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And social media was the tool to help me do that. And the more I would talk about why I want to build community and what it comes from, you get 
more well-known. So it's like, it's kind of, it just comes with the territory and you have to just kind of figure out how to navigate it. And sometimes I navigate it well, and sometimes we navigate it not well. And there's times with, you know, we talk about boundaries as a society all the time, but I have not figured it out. I'll be honest. I'm working on it, but it's hard because I think I'm an empath. So I just, I always want everyone to be seen and heard and important. And that's so important for me. But I, I was talking to Tracy actually about it. She's talking about empathy versus compassion. Mm. And she's like, you can care about people and have compassion, but you don't have to take on everyone's stuff. Like that's not your responsibility, but it's hard for me sometimes. Cause I know what I was like when I wanted, when I reached out to someone I admired, they didn't get back to me. And I felt like, Oh, I'm not cool enough or whatever. And I also am like very much like, not don't think I'm important. You know what I mean? We're all right. I don't like have like hierarchies. I do struggle with that a little bit. But imposter syndrome is something I think a lot of people deal with. Even people that we all look up to, they they have imposter syndrome all the time, and they don't like, and they're huge. You know? Yes, exactly. And I'm like, who am I? Like, I oh, I do marketing and I fashion. What you know what I mean? But but I think what people are probably drawn to that I'll say is just like I am very. Um, I just. I feel like I operate from a very deep space in places that might not feel like they're meant to have that depth or something, you know, and I crave like this conversation energizes mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I love this. And that's why I struggle with events because y- you can't go deep with people at events. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I know. It's like you create this thing because it's like that deep thing and then you get there and they're like, Oh, hey, what's new? Yeah, what's new? Great outfit. And then you're like, oh, and then it like taps on the shoulder and you're just like, like, yeah. (laughs) It's weird because it's like, I want to create these events and not go. Uh It's actually, I'm going to give you permission. Like it was, uh, Anna Wintour said something that she was like, literally she'll have a driver, bring her to an event, drop her off. He circles around the block and then she leaves. Yeah. Like she's there for 10 minutes. I've done that a couple times. I love it. And then I'll go home and like watch Netflix or something. Then do more of it. Yeah. I'm giving you permission. Thank I you. 100%. Like I think it's like, I think we just need to do more of like, it's okay. Like at the end of the day, like you're like, I willed this into the universe. So like I'm making a public declaration for you right now that she's going to will a lot of shit into the universe. She's going to circle around the block. You know, driver's going to, you know, like, yeah, something's going to happen anyway. She's going to pretty much just be like, I have my hazards on on my car outside, you know, and I have to go in and I'm going to leave now. Oh my God. Check it out. Like, this shit looks good. I mean, you've created it. Right. You created the event. So like you have, it's kind of like a wedding, like the way you're like, you go to a wedding and you're, you are there for the bride and groom, but like the day is for them. You know you're not going to sit and talk to them for the entire time. You don't have their attention. So for you, it's like you got, like the point is that you got all these people into this place. Yeah. And and like job well done, right? Like take the win and go home. You know, I don't know why. I just want you to have like a cardboard cutout of you now. And like, that's the funny thing at your events now is like everybody just takes a picture with a cardboard cutout. Could it be like the paper dolls where you can have different outfits? (laughs) Remember when I'm talking about you put the paper over them, whatever, that would be fun. I would enjoy that. (laughs) <laughs> it's your event. It's your yeah. show. You do whatever you want. Okay. So, Thank yeah. you. You heard it on Larissa Loden. <laughs> or the world's okayest podcast. I love these hats. I'm like very excited. You're so good at branding. We're okay at it. We We're just okay talked about it. <laughs> yeah. We might hire somebody for the next round. So we're going to the next phase where I'm like, I don't know if I ain't got this one. So yeah. I have like 8,000 questions, but I mean, this conversation has just been so amazing to me. I have okay. So this is a very like 
tactics-based one. Have you ever set your, like, social media on a timer? So, like, after X amount of time, you're like, I can't, like, it just disappears. Like, you just to kind of help you dial it in a little bit more or? No, I've had assistants before, which was weird. It was, like, in my head. I don't know. I mean, I know what I was doing in my head. I was, like, trying to be like, okay, this is, like, a brand. This is, like, a piece of technology that I'm using to whatever. But, like, that's just not who I am. You know, there are more of the, like prominent fashion influencers who like post outfits and like that's just not what my goal is I think it was Ashley Mary actually she spoke on a panel a few years ago that I had put together and she said something that really resonated with me where it's like you kind of have to have a purpose every time you open it like what am I doing here and hers is like I want to make art I want more opportunities to make art you know is all around like she knows exactly what she's doing with her social so for me a little trickier because I'm like I I live for connecting people like connecting people experiences brands whatever you know so part of it is you know I have um I have a lot of privilege and I think that you know part of my privilege is I'm able to get in rooms and get conversations that maybe some people can't and it is because I have a social platform I get invited in the, the wildest things I'm like why am I here like who are these people but I know what to do with those opportunities and how to connect them back. So my point is that when I try to have someone manage my social, it's like they can't be inside my brain. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, you built it. Yeah. I mean, so I have to, but I need, I need to start having a little more boundaries. I've been trying to read more book I'm reading. Actually, I'm just curious if you have both read it. It's called 10X is Better Than 2X. Yeah. It's the other one I'm listening to. Isn't it good? Yeah. I'm actually re-listening to it. I was listening on the way here, actually. Re-listening uh, to it. What's the artist that they speak about at the beginning of the book? Is it Michelangelo? Michelangelo? Yeah. Michelangelo. Yeah. Right? That, that, at first when I was reading, I'm like, where is this going? Totally. I was like, get there. I was like, oh, and then I had that light bulb moment. I'm like, I understand exactly what he was saying. And the quote, it's weird. The You'll universe, love it, Larissa. Yeah. I know. I just is like fun. I'm like witnessing two people having a connection. And then I'm like, I'm feeling a little bit like left out, but I'm like, I know I'm going to get there in time. I'm, I'm choosing to lead my book and very slowly right now on my dock. And right. And I was like, Larissa, get on that 10X is better than 2X journey. And I think the quote that was so great was he talked how Leonardo talked about, no, it was Leonardo. No. I know. I'm like Whatever. embarrassed. Actually, the quote, the quote was Some about Renaissance uh, man. whoever. Yeah. And I should know this because I went to art school, but uh, he made, he made, um, who's the statue he's carving? Oh, David. David. Yeah. It's Michelangelo. Michelangelo. It's David. Uh, okay. Michelangelo. Okay. And yeah. they, they asked like, what was your, how do you, like, how did you make such a beautiful statue of, of David? And he's like, I just chipped away everything that wasn't David. And I was like, that's like. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> and it's like that simplification is like oh, exactly what you're talking about with like what you've kind of discovered over the last year is like all the stuff that isn't Sarah Edwards, like get rid of that shit yep, and start doing the shit that I want to do yep, and follow that. And like in the end, what ends up following that is the opportunity or the, the basically the money. If yes. uh, like, if that's the, like everyone looks at the money as that goal, but I keep I'm kind of toying with this, this mental model right now where I'm ta- thinking about like the garden, like feeding the soil and feeding the soil is like what makes your plants grow better. Like the result is beautiful plants. You're not feeding the plants, you're feeding the soil. Yes. And I think that's like, that's the important thing to get to. Yes. It's like, how do you create that in your life? Yes. Because that will create so much better, so much, so many better results for you. And that's why like that book is so important, especially from where I was. Cause I was just trying to build on top. I'm like, and I didn't even know why. And I had to like, you know, 10x my life because I was just like trying to do this. And I'm like, I don't even want any of this. I want to be here 
And it's not like about here, whatever. It's more just like, this is what I want to get to, but I'm so distracted by all of this. And what's funny is the book was given to me by Tracy after she didn't even really know the context of like everything. So it was just funny when she's like, have you heard of this book, 10 I'm like, no. Yeah. Oh my God, this is what I'm doing right now or attempting to do. So it was wild. The other thing I think we should talk about is really good question for you is identity and like entrepreneurship because I again, kind of inspired by this book and they talk about identity a little bit in it. Like I was so stuck in who my identity was as it related to what I did for work or my businesses. Like identity, well, you're the CEO of Fashion Week Minnesota, Sarah. But I'm like, what if I don't want that? It doesn't serve my life, you know? Or you're the this, but I'm like, what if I hate that, you know? And I feel like my revenue is attached to that or this is attached, whatever it is. So it's like, it's hard sometimes when you're like, thinking about your identity and your value and whatever as it relates to like work and entrepreneurship. So I've been thinking a lot about that because I felt like in order for me to kind of get to this next phase, I had to rid myself of a lot of labels that were so closely tied to my identity that I'm like, I'm not going to get there if I hold on to these, but it's really scary to let go. It's so scary. I think I've, yeah. I've, I've been dealing with that a little bit in seeing like where I'm going to take the company now is like, how do I rid myself of this? Like I'm a woodworker or yeah. I am a small business owner. Like, how do I say like, I'm not just a small business owner. Like I'm going to create a large company yes. out of this. Yeah. It's like, get rid of that. Yeah. It just boxes you in. I know it's hard too, because it's like, I don't know. I think sometimes when you let go, I think they use an example in that book about a realtor or something mm -hmm. like that. And she just got rid of like, 80% of a revenue or something to get right. to like this other thing. And you'd look at that and be like, what yeah. on earth is she doing? 100% though, but, but it makes so it opened, much sense. Yeah, it made so much sense when they shared it. But imagine how scary that would be when you're like, I'm going to get rid of like uh, the bread and butter, but like the bread and butter is not getting me here. But you did it already. Yeah. You simplified. Yeah. So you simplified instead of having these three companies or three, three yeah. brands, you're like, let's turn it into one. That was simplifying it. Yeah. That got rid of all the other bullshit. Yep. It's hard though. Like I totally, oh, yeah. I mean, I think we're all like, we're all co-actually having the same experience in our lives. <laughs> I want to hear it. Well, cause like for me, like. For so long, I designed with what I knew other people would buy or like instead oh, of what I wanted to design. And so now it's interesting. We've brought in this mark director of marketing and she's like, you have two brands here. You have this handmade and then this very much like fuck swears like very and she, it is true. And both customers, they don't want the other thing. Like there's no crossover. And so now we're like kind of splitting it. And so now we're going to have this like handmade by Lursalon. But it's interesting because all I want to do is like this stuff that excites me. And like, honestly, we're not like making it anymore. Like I kind of come up with the design and then I have this really sweet person that I found on Upworks that makes the cafe. Like I've completely reinvented how I design and build my company because for the longest time I was making these boxes of like, it has to be handmade and my skill can only get me there. I think it's so fucking freeing to be at some point you're like I don't have to do it all yeah. like I just don't like I don't like there was it kind of came to this moment where I like designed this rock and I was like oh, no I have to teach myself how to do CAD and I literally was like I was like I just have to figure out how to get this CAD file I don't have to teach myself how to do CAD yep and that was like that was the moment because I just sat there and I was like 
I watched one YouTube video. I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. Like, yep. this is the thing that I don't want to do. Because you will only ever be okay or good at that CAD thing. Yeah. But you need to find, like, putting somebody who's actually great at it will get you to that next level. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So putting those people in place is, like, I think so important. And we forget about that. Yep. I think that's the thing, too, is, like, you just tell yourself, you're like, well, I can, f- it's this, I can figure it out. That is the worst fucking thing in the world, is this. so I, true. It is, because, like, you can figure it out, but you know what you could also figure out? Somebody else to do it that's really fast at it so that you can free up your time more to do yep. the shit that yep. you love to yep. do. Absolutely. And, Sarah, it sounds like that's what you yes. now have with this new partnership. Yes. And I think having awareness of like old habits, like I talk, I've been talking a lot about like how I've done things and how I've, I'm like, I have conditioned myself in a lot of ways and I'm going to have to unlearn some of these things in order to, like Tracy called me out on it the other day. What did she, she's like, what are you afraid of right now? You, I feel a lot of fear. I'm like, I am. I'm like, I'm going through all of this change and it's a lot and I'm, I don't want to disappoint you or, or myself or, you know, and, and so we just talked about it, you know, rather than me pretending like I'm fine or whatever. So it's a very, I don't know, it's just like a really good relationship. Right. You have to, there's a saying that I've heard, uh, you have to get better the same way you got sick. So oh. identifying those those bad habits is yes. like going through the ways that you got sick so that you can get better. Yes, absolutely. And I told her too, I'm like, you know, I want to get out of this Oh, the self-deprecating thing's cute for a while, but like, I actually want to be more confident. And I think that I've always, and I think it might be a little bit of a woman thing, but confidence has always come across to me as like arrogance. And so it's like, I, you know, I want to be relatable and and down to earth or whatever, because that's how I picture myself. But maybe I'm not relatable all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe I am not down to earth, you know, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, but I think just trying to even just saying that like gives me like, ooh, but I want to be more confident in owning my talent and my gifts and not apologizing for it or feeling like I have to make myself small or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Right. And also to go with confidence, I was just talking about this with Larissa this morning. It's another one of Dan, uh, Dr. Dan Sullivan's um, or Dan Sullivan's concepts is like with confidence, though, confidence feels good. But what you also also should take with you is courage. And yeah. courage doesn't necessarily feel good, but mm. what's on the other side of courage is what I love feels that. good. I need to check him out, Dan Sullivan. Yeah. You should have been here for this morning's conversation. It was deep. So, so yeah, Ben Hardy's the one who wrote 10X. Okay. Uh, but he it's uh, based it's all based on the conversation between him and Dan Sullivan. Okay. So like his entire those entire all those lines of books are all from okay. Well, this is where because Dan Sullivan talks about it. It's in the beginning of From Good to Great is because Dan Sullivan. I, this is why I was like, oh, this is sweet. Well, Dan Sullivan's like, I don't want to write a book. A book writing a book would be killing me. And I've always been like, I'll never write a book. Book would be like literally when everybody was like, we need you to type this thing. I'm like, well, do you want to kill me right now? Because that is what you're going to do. I do not type things like words, grammar. What do you? I just don't understand these things right now. And then he was like, he was like. But I want to will these ideas and concepts into the Ooh. world. And so I'm going to hire somebody then that can, like, be my ghostwriter. But they did it in, a, like, a collaborative way. And right. I was like, well, this is fucking fascinating. Interesting. So, yeah. Dr. Ben Hardy. Mm. Yeah. Okay. To check that out. All right. We're doing this podcast on the complete reverse way that I thought it was going to be. And Andrew's giving me the nod, so I feel okay with it right now. Yeah. Just roll with I'm it. I'm just so curious. Like, who was Sarah Edwards as a child? <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to be honest. I tried oh, to do gonna... a deep dive on you on the internet, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm going to ask you this now. Oh, so like, like the my. part you two here, like, or maybe not. Like, you know, have, I, we all, like, our childhoods form so much of who we are. And we reflect, we do a lot of therapy, a lot of coaching on them. But, like, who was Sarah Edwards as a child? Oh, Larissa. Oh, boy. You really want to go there, huh? It's your podcast. Well, Sarah Edwards, I I did grow up in northern Minnesota, Grand Rapids, the Iron Range. Um, I had a um, pretty tumultuous childhood. The divorced parents' mom is like the most amazing human in the world. Like kindness to the nth degree. Nurse worked in assisted living. You know, I don't want to say like you know your good old northern Minnesota church mom, but like kind of good old northern Minnesota church mom. I grew up in a family of nurses too. Did you? Yeah, she's amazing. Like she cares so deeply about the aging community like more than you know and our society pays people that do that job just awful it's yeah. just it's criminal in my opinion but anyway she's amazing my dad oh well, let's just say he's the type of guy that maybe should have never got married and had kids but he did and here we are but he's extremely intelligent uh kind of a philosopher mark twain type like really smart can go real deep like extremely creative artistic mailman but like borderline and i say this whatever like genius like he's mm-hmm. brilliant like my oldest brother is a doctor my middle brother lives in japan and speaks five languages my youngest brother the slacker is like an aeronautical engineer or something so like <laughs> it's wild <laughs> they're all very smart and driven and my dad is very deep and very philosophical and what I'd maybe call like a troubled soul, like a a tortured soul. He's always thinking, I'm like, I always joke that my dad never drank or smoked or anything. I'm like, you should have a beer or something. Like, <laughs> a little steep, like calm down. And my mom's like the opposite. And so that's that. Yeah. And so I feel like I always loved the kindness my mom had and like she just really cared about people. But I also really liked how my dad questioned everything. So imagine me going to church and my mom is a Christian and my dad's an atheist and my mom's having me read, you know, the Bible and my dad's having me read like atheist atheist universe and whatever. So I've always like, and again, for me, I'm just like, well, I kind of understand where he's coming from with this, but I, I see the, the, the how this could work. So I was always like, you know, I never, yeah. I thought I've never felt like all good, all bad ever. You know what I mean? And I think I've been like, I secretly like reading about religion. Um, like, really interested in Buddhism. I, I just, I think it's interesting. And I also, you know, I, I love spirituality and learning about belief systems and how people come to them and whatever. So growing up. I'd say I had my mom and dad could not be more opposite Yeah, <laughs> in like how they show up in the world and what they think is important and stuff. And I'm, again, going back to whatever, like I'm grateful I had the childhood I did because I felt like it opened up my eyes a little bit that things aren't so black and white. And I questioned everything. I was very curious. So like, even though my dad is the way he is, he's a, he's a complex human as we all are. He's taught me a lot about like questioning things and being curious. And my mom has taught me the importance of not judging people and being kind. Like she was always like, you be kind to everyone. You're not better than anyone. Like 
you're nice to this person, that person, I don't care who they are, how much money anyone has. Like, we're all equal. That was, like, my mom's thing. So, like, I love that about her. And I also feel like she's, like, a little more, like, simple. Or I'm like, my dad is very dark and deep and whatever. So that was that. So then as I was growing up, I, we were like, I wouldn't say poor, but like lower middle class. Like my mom raised my sister and I, cause my brothers are older and my half brothers, like my mom raised my sister and I on like $28,000 a year, like no child support, wow. which is wild. Yeah. You know? And so I share that because I think that this is funny as it relates to entrepreneurship is I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I actually went freshman year of college and studied mechanical engineering because I just wanted a steady paycheck. So like to be not only entrepreneur, but in like the creative world, yeah. like I don't even know. It's weird. Yeah. Mechanical engineering is not very, I mean, that's like machines. No, I, like I just wanted security. I'm like, yeah, engineers get jobs, right? I mean, I told myself the same story. I was like, I don't want anything with entrepreneurship because I saw it firsthand. So I was like, I want to be a teacher. <laughs> Yeah, I really was like, there's always jobs for teachers. Yeah, I don't know what happened to me. No. I was like, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Fuck Re it. I'm going to be an art school student. You were going to be an orthopedic surgeon? That's what I wanted to do. And I was like, no, I'm going to go do sculpture. Oh, <laughs> my God. I didn't know that. Got me here, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the weird thing. You never know. But yeah, I mean, I was a people pleaser. I mean, bad because I just wanted... You know, I wanted to be like, oh, like, you know, my family life's not perfect or whatever, but like, look at how great I am. Like, I'm on the basketball team. I'm on the golf team. I'm the class vice president. I'm on this club, that club, whatever. Like, and then so you get conditioned to be like, the more stuff you do, the more whatever accolades, the more liked and respected you are. So there's definitely some of that that's trickled into whatever. And I think that when you can have awareness to like what drives that, you know, what you, you know, and for me, I'm trying to channel that now into like what I actually like doing, which is building community. You know what I mean? And I, I know that there's like a little bit of a game that I have to play with being almost like a, not a politician, but you know, like a person that can orchestrate all of that. Mm -hmm. But in my childhood, I was always aware of like, you know, they, how they have like the groups, like there's the jocks or there's the nerds or there's the what, like, I just always loved all, like, I was like, I was fascinated by like all the groups and I wanted to hang out with everyone. And I thought it would be boring to just be in like one part of it. So I just really liked being friends with everyone, you know? Where do you fall in the birth order? Let's back up. My dad was married, had my three brothers, got divorced, married my mom, had my sister and I, so they're my half brothers. So it goes oldest brother, middle brother, youngest brother, me, then my younger sister, who she lives in Northeast Minneapolis, actually. She's a animation producer at a studio out of Portland called Oddfellows. Hmm. The only reason I ask is because I had a similar experience in high school and we're both second to last children. Interesting. Yeah. And I was like, I, I also just like saw all the different groups, but I was like, but everyone has so much to offer. Yes. Everyone has their own like thing that we're doing here. Yes. And it was like beautiful to me. And I was like, so I was kind of saw myself as like a little bit of a misfit, but also somebody who just fit in with everybody. Yes. Well, and I was talking about this the other day because I was thinking about privilege a lot. And I was thinking about my friend actually went on a date with a gentleman who is like missing half of one of his legs. And I said, I'm like, I think that's sexy. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. I think when you go through life with something that's like a lot, like, and you show up and you have, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I think that's cool. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think, and I respect that. And I think our, like in our society, we should be more, you know, lift people up or 
think they're more badass than people that haven't had that type of experience. I don't know. I was just like trying, but that is genuinely how I think of it. Like, I think that having something that makes your life harder, like if you have like a big scar through your eye or something that everyone asks you about every day or whatever, like that's exhausting. So someone that has that kind of resilience that see that can like deal with like whatever is more attractive to me, even though like if physically is like, oh, but they have this huge scar. I'm like, I think that's badass or whatever. I don't know where I'm going. My friend's going to be like, you're talking about my sex life with the guy that I'm dating that has. <laughs> we didn't say names. Yeah. yeah we didn't We're, say names. Yeah. Only you know that person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit about that. I think it makes so much sense, though. Like, I'm glad I, I was at first thing. I was like, well, maybe I won't ask this, but I can totally see how, where you've gotten in the house of Sonder and like what you, your family dynamic was growing yeah. up. It makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Well, I just, I genuinely want to understand. This is just my personal, like, I want to understand what makes people homophobic or what, un, what makes people racist? What makes people hate against someone of a certain religion or of a certain, like, what, how can we undo that? And I don't think, I talk about this a lot because I've been trying to figure out how to be active in being a voice, but also being able to connect with people. Because let's say my aunt in northern Minnesota, if she said something that was like homophobic and I said to her like, hey, you idiot, like she's going to shut down immediately and we're not going to get anywhere. But if I can say, hey, when you said that, like, what does that mean? Like, why why did you say that? And she's not, by the way, she's not homophobic. So this is a bad example. But like, my point is that I think a lot of times, and especially on social media, it's like our first thing is like, you suck and you're yeah. bad and you're whatever. And then we don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if we're actually trying to get somewhere, and I'm not talking about don't hold people accountable. Absolutely. But I really would genuinely be more curious about how we can solve for what makes people get to that place. Because if but if our solution is hatred and shaming, yeah. we're not going to get anything done. And I, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I feel I feel the same way. I keep thinking about this over and over. It's like hate does not make positive change. No. No. Curiosity and conversation makes positive change. Absolutely. And that's what I want to House of Sonder to embody is like a little bit of curiosity because for me, I want people to be able to show up. I think the world would be kinder and safer if people could show up as their authentic selves. And if we can understand what people need to be able to show up as their authentic self, that will be really great, you know? But if we expect everyone's authentic self to be the same as ours, that's where I think it goes wrong. You know what I mean? So I think, again, I'm not trying to be like, kumbaya, we're all going to like hold hands in the sunset or anything. But I am curious about what makes people kind of have hate and where it comes from and what, you know what I mean? And if we can get to it from a place of curiosity of like, why do you think like that? Or where, you know, can you tell me more about that? And like, I'm not going to ever try to get someone to think the way I think or practice what I practice or whatever. But I think that if we can start places of differences from a place of genuine curiosity, we're going to get a lot further as a society than if we start with like bad, wrong, wrong, bad, bad, you suck, you're terrible, fuck you, (laughs) you know? No, we've had this conversation before many a time. And I think like the thing is, is that curiosity is slow and I'm all here for it because like shame and just saying you're wrong. Nobody's ever like shame is 
the opposite of motivation to change or anything like that, but it's fast, yeah. you know, like I did this and it's done now and everything like that. And unfortunately in this society, I think we want everything to be so fast and immediate and it's really to the disservice. Like this society is changing, you yeah. know, and we are making progress, but it's not going to happen overnight. And honestly, right. we've made a ton of, like, if you think about where we are, I know it sounds crazy, but like, I'm going to say it like this because it's like, um, the book, it's like the better of our angels or whatever. Like if you kind of like dial back in history a hundred years and even more 200 years, how different society is and everything like that. But we're like, oh my gosh, like two years ago, like we're just not making enough yeah. gains and everything like that. And I'm like, it just is going to like, it's going to get there. I totally. truly personally believe we're going to get there, but it just is going to like, it takes time. Like humans are complicated absolutely. And, we need, and we need to allow space for their complication, their complicatedness. Yes, absolutely. Know? And yeah. that's what I'm so passionate about. It's like, you know, I was speaking on a panel a couple of months ago about, ago about like fashion and sustainability. And it was a really interesting conversation because it's like, you know, obviously the fashion industry is extremely problematic to the climate, to climate change and to the planet. And, you know, there's a lot of whatever. But if you approach someone with shame or like ask them to be the perfect, I'm like, we need my whole philosophy is like we need more people being imperfect, you know activists than trying to be like either do it all right or don't participate because we're going to shame you to death you yeah. know what i mean it's like yeah don't shop at shein please you know if you shop at h&m maybe don't do it as often you know what i mean like and, and guess what i'm not going to shame you to death because that's not going to feel good you know and i think going back to thinking about inclusion thinking about you know uh, some things people can't afford there's comp complications and everything it's yeah. not just like shop sustainable you idiot like people have di different circumstances you know what i mean so it's like i mean and they do they have different circumstances it's like interesting when you said that and even like when you were like don't shop at shein and i was like probably for the person that has like no money or whatever yeah. there but they want to feel good, good this might be their only option yeah. and there are other options but i'm not gonna like there can be many stories that complete that picture and we're just yes. telling ourselves this like single narrative and that's just like to the disservice of everybody. Exactly. And I think, again, it's like if we actually want to solve some of these issues, we have to do it in a way that makes people want to join in. Mm -hmm. I think that's it is like if you really, yeah, I think you just said it beautifully. So I'm yeah. just going to leave it at that. I think that we're all like deeply feeling like this is like, we're just trying to change the world to your people, but like not because I don't want to take on that whole entire thing. That's not like, but create community in a way to do it. So. Yes, exactly. And I think it's like, you know, it's again, it's curiosity and having conversation and understanding people and how, how people make choices. And then, oh yeah, maybe having some fun, Sarah, and not sitting here forever just talking about all the problems in the world and whatever. So it's like, that's what I'm trying to do right now is I am very curious and I do want to make an impact. And I also want to have some fun and yeah, right. I don't play pickleball yet, but I feel like you play pickleball, oh right? I was going to tell you about pickleball thing, but I'm going to tell you that after the podcast. Good. Sorry for everybody that that's going to be in the future Patreon. Maybe, I don't know. I'm deciding that. But on that, we're going to wrap up this podcast now, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What is one thing that you are doing to bring you joy? And then what is one podcast that you would like the audience to listen to right now? What's bringing me joy right now? Or one um, thing you do for joy? Yeah, one thing I'm doing right now is designing clothes. It's pure joy. Like, I can't wait to go to the fabric store. It's so fun. I've been, like, researching fabrics and messing around. And I have this company based out of Northeast Minneapolis who's actually, like, the production, like, putting it all together. And it's 
so fun. So that's bringing in painting. It's bringing me a lot of joy and I love watching television. Like I have no shame and I love watching TV. And then the podcast, you know what? Because I listen and read to so many podcasts and books about work and business. I kind of like this. I wouldn't call it mindless because I like her. Her name's Tinks. Have you heard of her? Oh, yeah. Yes. She just talks about like, yeah, I was in Capri and I did this and I ate this pasta and I, and I just like listen to it. And I'm like, you know, doing the dishes like and it's just it just kind of like allows me to get out of my brain and like live vicariously through this influencer, which but I also like smart list a lot, too, which is like a different kind of yeah. version of that. If you listen to that one. I've been so deep in the Dax Shepard one. But yeah. then one of my staff members was like, you need to get on the smart list one. So I have to say the Ryan Reynolds smart list is a great gateway drug into the smart list because Ryan Reynolds. Wow. So yeah. fucking funny and entrepreneurial and yes. like everything. Yeah. Like, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. Oh, yeah. That was a huge yeah. unlock for me. So, yeah, that's yeah. my gateway drug to the smart list world. So I like Crime Junkie, too. I've heard a lot of people say crime chunky. It's like addicting. And I, I do feel a little weird about it, you know, because it's like, but there's a new, I think it's an HBO show about making a crime podcast. And it's like kind of making fun of like the fact that there's this whole industry dedicated to like murder podcasts and how much money I don't know anyway but people are people are naturally I think it's like an evolutionary thing like we we were hunters and gatherers and like yeah. there was predators and we don't have really that now so yeah. like the idea of like talking about predators gives us this like this uh it fills this cup inside of us that yeah. we don't really have anymore because we made this really cushy beautiful comfortable society for ourselves interesting so doing like something for like the lizard brain or something like yeah. that yeah it's like feeding this thing that yeah. Maybe it's not super healthy, but I kind of like I don't it. No, it's like you're not, it's not like you're acting on it. It's a balance. Yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. a balance in our brain that yeah, we're yeah. all, we you all know. watch the car accident. And when the, everybody's like, what oh. the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> and with that, Sarah Edwards, thank you so much for being on the world's okayest entrepreneur. We really appreciate you taking the time today to be this with us. This is so fun. I could do this for hours. Yeah. This is we'll so you great. back. I think that you're not gonna, this isn't going to be a one, no. one time thing. So yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We're going to get deep again. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I can't wait to hear more about like where this, where the next year takes you yeah. and it'll be, I'm like, you're I just going to get to be our reoccurring guest on okay, the podcast. I love that. All right. Yay. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, welcome to the end of the episode. If you got this far, then you are a badass and I'm giving you a high five right now. And with that, if you enjoyed today's episode, I have a little favor to ask. Please go share this podcast with three of your friends and give us a five-star review. That is the only way that this can grow and we truly love doing it. So if you could do us a solid, that would mean so much. And then we'll keep on bringing you fabulous content. We've got some really great guests coming up. So yeah, and thank you so much and have an okay day, okay week. Or just be okay. It's okay. The end. That's it. No more. Bye.